I love that feeling of like hitting the burn and doing a hit workout, but you're still in your front room and there's still toys everywhere and still kids in the background and just getting out and physically being amongst nature on your own is so it's, it's such a great feeling isn't it it's so good for your for your sense of well-being and your mental health hi everyone i'm hetty holmes and you're listening to hacking happiness with dose the podcast that explores what makes us feel good to get those happy hormones firing. Can you believe we're nearly into our fifth series? To keep us going, we would really appreciate it if you could rate, review and subscribe and let us know how we're doing so we can keep bringing you amazing guests and stories. I'm super excited about my next guest, who's Andrea Thompson, Editor-in-Chief at Mary Claire. We discuss how she forged a career in journalism that saw her travelling the world exposing everything from child labour in India to rogue surgeons in Moscow, to how she balances a career with kids and her love of running and climbing trees in Hampstead Heath. I hope you enjoy. So Andrea, thank you so much for joining me on the Dose podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. I'm delighted to be here. So you are the Editor-in-Chief of Mary Claire, which is a pretty esteemed title. Before we kick off, though, I just wanted to go into, um, just just acknowledge the situation in America following the death of George Floyd um, and how the world is responding. Um, so you penned a really nice um, post in Mary Claire recently out on the Instagram page um, about how like fighting racism takes change, energy and commitment from all of us for more than just one day. Um, so yeah, just really interested to hear your stance on the issue and, and how you'll be making changes at the magazine going forward. I think it's brilliant that, you know, so many companies and organisations have come out to support the Black Lives Matter movement. But I do feel that it's about committing to um, long term change rather than, you know, a one day act. Um, on social media so for me at Marie Claire it was very important um, not just to support that day through the Marie Claire channels but also commit to a long-term shift um, and acknowledgement of what's going on um, and commit to um, amplifying voices um, from different communities and from the black community in, in particular moving forward, but also campaigning for lasting change and keeping that momentum going um, for the, the days and weeks and, and months and years to come, really, because this is very much a journey. Yeah, no, that's, that's brilliant. So, um, so to kick off the podcast then, so we, we normally start by talking about career, motivation and drive. Um, so you've worked as a journalist for a range of publications, including Daily Mail, Sunday Times, Guardian, Channel 4, Glamour, Grazia, the list goes on. Um, so did you want to be a journalist from a very young age? Was that something you always wanted to do? Well, from a young age, I was always very aware of the news. My my father was like obsessed with newspapers. So there were always lots of newspapers around the house. And there were always a lot of heated debates about politics in my house. My father's from Barbados, my mum's English. So I was very aware growing up of, um, of, of the topics around racism and, um, and around inequality. And so um, I came from quite a political background um, in that sense, um, just because a lot of my parents' friends um, were sort of, uh, were uh, also similarly involved in um, this sort of thing. And um, we, yeah, so I was always really aware of, um, you know, different voices. And um, I from, always felt that I wanted to go into a career where I could um, 
help amplify voices that you didn't really see very much in the media and you didn't hear in the media and I wanted to um, kind of help to change the media landscape to make it more I don't know like I never I didn't see many people that looked like me so I kind of felt that I wanted to um, to try and change things. You've worked on some, some pretty big stories, haven't you? So you've like, helping bring to light inspirational stories from those who traditionally haven't been given a voice in mainstream media. So you've discussed how you know you exposed child labour in India, rogue surgeons in Moscow, money grabbing doctors in Harley Street. Like you've you've worked on some really big stories. Yeah, I was really I was lucky um, early on in my career to get into um, investigative journalism and undercover work, which I really enjoyed. And there weren't many women that were prepared to do it. So um, I, you know, I did some um, incredible stories um, and it started off with slightly lighter things, although quite heavy topics. So I, you know, went to Cannes Film Festival and investigated the casting couch um, and the whole very top topical um, Weinstein um type um, behaviour that was happening at the time and I also went um, undercover um, in um, factories um, in India that were making clothes for the British high street um, for Channel 4 um, and I, I, I really enjoyed that work I sort of found that I didn't have any element of fear which was really um, brilliant um, for me not so good for my family I guess um, but um, yeah I, I it was it was a really good um, foundation for some of the stuff that I've done at Marie Claire um, which I I must admit I always wanted to work at Marie Claire it was one of those titles growing up that sort of mixed that glamour um, with the kind of grittiness of news and globe and had always had a global feminist agenda so um, it really suited me um, and you know combined um, a lot of my passions yeah and you're a mentor at Mary Claire aren't you you support a lot of like women coming into the industry and like what advice could you give budding journalists you know coming into this industry like you, you mentioned you worked on some a variety of titles growing up like you were exceedingly driven so yeah I mean it is, is drive a really important quality yeah I mean I've mentored um, a, a few young women who want to break into journalism and and, and that's ongoing um, and what I always say to them is um, first of all think about your unique voice because everybody's different and we've all got something completely unique and different to talk about that's that's very you know um, that's 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 happened to us that you know could be really interesting to the rest of the world. So I always say to people, if you want to write, start with your own story and think about um, you know, the, the things that have happened to you that you can write about. And for some people, it might just be like a really bad breakup or it could be something about you know, something quite different in their background or their growing up. Or it might sometimes, I mean, some of the most brilliant things that I've read um, from young aspiring writers trying to break into the industry have been about something quite mundane, just uh, along the lines of you know, why they're so disillusioned with Instagram at the moment and just pouring out how they feel um, so yeah start with what you know and send it into send send your pieces into your dream publications that you would you see yourself writing for and that you always have enjoyed but with the provi proviso that you actually have read them inside out and you know the kind of content that they run because often um, 
that's that's where people um, fall down. They they send a pitch in that is not really right for a title. So just you know have a have a think about where your story could sit um, and get familiar with the title and send it in. So that would be my first step. Yeah. Yeah. So how often do things get passed to you as the editor? Do you do you have a bit of a filtering system lower down where you know? people receive the admissions and read through them first before they're passed on to you? Well, it's interesting, actually, because I've been at Marie Claire. I, I started off as features director and then deputy editor at Marie Claire. So I, I still get a lot of pitches from old writers and contacts and um, PRs that I used to deal with then. And so I do get quite a lot of submissions and ideas. Um, and um, often I will... I will uh, follow those up myself um, or I'll filter them down. But... Um, you know some of the great um, ideas I have come from um, books as well you know new books are coming out and authors um, so I think it's a little bit of both really um, I'm still in touch with a lot of the, um, the sort of international journalists that I've worked with over my career who will often pitch stories that they've come across and it's really quite it, I, I really enjoy and, um, and find it quite rewarding to be involved at that grassroots level and, and picking up stories and 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 and, um, and still looking at you know the ins and outs of how we make those work um, for our platform. If you're looking for clean protection from body odour without any potentially harmful side effects, look no further than Marlin and Goats. Purveyors of uncomplicated luxury skincare, Marlin and Goats have been creating clean and effective natural deodorants for over 10 years. Developed with the same clean standards as their number one best-selling eucalyptus deodorant, the new bergamot deodorant is formulated with natural extracts and probiotic enzymes. Not only does it smell super fresh and citrusy, but it absorbs instantly without leaving residue or yellow t-shirt stains. Vegan and cruelty-free, it's suitable for all skin types and all genders. Discover more at marlinandgoats.co.uk forward slash love at first swipe. What kind of things are you writing at the moment that you find really inspiring for the magazine? Well, um, the, on, the de- on the first day of lockdown, we went into lockdown on March the 16th in our case at Marie Claire. We quite quickly and launched our In This Together campaign. And, and through, throughout lockdown, the kind of driving force behind that has been providing mental health, um, well-being advice. Um, and just, you know, obviously it's changed as, as we've gone on, but, you know, you know coping mechanisms for people, um, dealing with anxiety, but also uh, there's been a very strong campaigning element to it. So we have worked with charities to highlight some of the disadvantaged communities Communities, um, that have been impacted um, through COVID, such as um, domestic violence um, um, survivors and also um, homeless and women. And um, of course, the um, uh, communities um, in, in this country who, I mean, it's making the news at the moment how ethnic um, minorities have been, you know, substantially more uh, impacted. So it's about sort of tapping into all of those key Marie Claire causes, um, but also bringing people, um, you know, the, the, the day-to-day advice and tips to stay positive and some inspiration in there as well. You know, we've um, done a lot of um, uh, Instagram uh, video content with our favourite influencers um, around, you know, uh, staying well and positive and looking to the future and what that future looks like post-COVID, 
personally, I'm really interested in the next stage as we emerge from lockdown. And now that's going to be my next big focus, you know, um, the world of work um, following lockdown, because this whole thing has impacted all of us on so many levels in terms of the way we work, the way we balance families with work and um, agile working. Um, and I think it's a really interesting um, area to, to look at. Um, moving forward yeah I find it fascinating I mean obviously it's it's tragic what's happened and we've lost so many lives but at the same time I've spoken to quite a lot of people who have said that they are happier in lockdown because they've spent yes. more time with their family they've actually got their priorities in check you know they're working far more efficiently so yeah I, I you're right I don't think we'll go back to how we used to be certainly in the world yeah I think it's interesting isn't it the number of people that are actually strangely enjoying it or benefiting from it and using it as um, a period to reset and look at what's really important in their lives and it's almost you know in some ways like a gift in that way um, you know it's been horrendous for so many communities but you know if you're fortunate enough not to have been hit um, negatively you know it, it, you can use it as a period a period to take stock and move forward that we you know that that sort of break that we would have never ever built into our lives because we're all just too busy to ever stop and 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 take stock aren't we exactly yeah so moving on to talk about relationships so mm. what is it like balancing your role as editor-in-chief at Mary Claire with two kids and um, can you take us through like a typical day in the in the life of you like before lockdown and now so before lockdown, um, my day would involve getting up at seven, um, hanging out with the kids, giving them breakfast, um, and then going doing school run. And then following the school run, a mad dash to the station usually, jump on the tube and go into central London where I would usually have a breakfast meeting with a PR or um, one of my contacts. Um, and that could be about anything from um, a particular story to um, a brand partnership. Um, and then um, following that, going straight into the office in Canary Wharf. So quite a lot of travelling, actually, um, where I would then sit down with the team and look at, you know, what, what the content is for that day and any broader initiatives. Um, I usually finish around 6, 6.30 and then do have an hour long commute home back to North London. Um, and yeah usually get in and have an hour with my kids before bedtime um, I've always put them to bed quite late because I've always worked so um, I'm you know we, we've never been those parents that the kids are in bed at seven otherwise I'd never see them so um, yeah they, t they tend to we're very fortunate that we have um, my father and my partner's mother nearby so that's really lucky and they've helped with us with childcare otherwise there's no way we could have been both working full-time um you know in, in, since i've had kids but um you know yeah it's it's always frantic trying to get it all balance everything and get it all in and you know you could ask me one day how it's going i'd be like brilliant you know it's all going fine and the next day oh my god you know it's frantic it's chaos um in lockdown well it's been four of us in the house trying to work or use the same wi-fi all on different machines back-to-back -back zoom calls again some days it's like isn't this brilliant you know because i could take half an hour out in the middle of the day with my kids and play football with them in the garden but you know it's also been incredibly stressful trying to balance quite a heavy schedule um, and um, lots of meetings on my part with kids who keep running into my study and, um, and sitting on my lap mid-meeting or you know 
making noise in the background so yeah there's good days and bad days yeah I feel you I know just before this call in fact my, my little one Heidi was crying upstairs and this mic picks up everything I was like no just go down yeah you can't escape it can you when you're at home it's it's no but I think you know so in some ways it's it, you know I've seen inside people's lives and they've seen inside mine in a way that we never ever did before and um there's something quite nice about it seeing the whole person rather than just the person that shows up to the office each day um and i think people are quite forgiving in this um climate if your toddler sits on your lap or whatever or you're you know yeah i think people are liking yeah. it on instagram as well like people are just like naturally quite nosy they want to look inside people's homes and see how they really live as opposed to the kind of perfect instagram yes <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> and uh, so your husband is Will Borrell, who we know quite well yeah. through Ladies and Gents, the bars. Um, yeah. so how did you both meet? Um, so my best friend from university was one of his best friends from school. And she kind of set us up um, without us really knowing. So I needed a drink sponsor for an event that I was organising at Marie Claire. And she said, oh, yeah, I know somebody and sent him in to see me with his vodka. And he tried to make me taste it at four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> when he came into my office, I was like, uh, no. But um, I, what I didn't realise at the time was that she had kind of thought, oh, yeah, those guys could be quite good together. Um, and following that meeting, um, he asked me out on a date. And, yeah. And then I said, yes. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> So it was through work, but also through a very good mutual friend on both part who kind of, yeah, she knew us quite well. Yeah, he's such a character, isn't he? I'm loving all the kind of happy hour cocktails he's been doing on Instagram. It's, it's super fun, like keeping everyone's spirits up. Yeah, well, I guess you've got to kind of diversify and move with the times. I mean, again, he moved very quickly as soon as we got into lockdown. Literally that first week, we started doing takeaways and um, deliveries um, from the bar. And at that stage, nobody was doing it. And uh, it was it just took off. And what's been really nice is I've done a couple of deliveries with him. And, um, you know, we just go to the garden gate, knock on the door and leave it there. But certainly in the middle of lockdown, it was so emotional. People were like coming to the door, just going, thank you so much. I haven't seen anyone. And it's just, do you, do you want to stay around for a chat? And like, they would be so lovely. People, like several people in the area that I, that I know who we sort of did surprise deliveries to, cried when we arrived because they were like I haven't been out my house and I haven't seen anyone and it was really really nice I mean you're, in, you're, you're delivering drinks but it's not about the drinks it's sometimes about the human connection and just um, being able to, 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 to speak to people in a normal way so yeah, yeah. so you turned up with like ready-made cocktails and glasses is that how it works or is it so yeah so you get so what we do is um, they're delivered in a ready-made they're all ready mixed in a bottle and then you'll get like six cocktails in there so you know you just need ice and um you know sort of bringing the friday night cocktail vibe to you um on your doorstep so uh yeah it's gone really really well actually people have received it really brilliantly um so it's good it's really good and the best thing is that you know um you know it, it means that the staff have got something to do because uh, otherwise you've got a closed bar and you know that puts pressure on people's jobs but you know we've been able to keep people in jobs so that's really good yeah no that's that's wonderful and um, so thinking about like motherhood what's been the most challenging part for you so far like how, how old are your kids out of interest so my older one is eight and my younger one is five um and they're both boys very energetic boys um 
And, there, it, you know, motherhood has been a fantastic, positive, amazing journey for me in the way that I could never have expected it to be. Um, the, but the, the, of course, there have been challenges. And what I would say is the most challenging times for me, both times were returning to the office following maternity leave. Um, I found it really, really tough to adjust um, in those first few weeks to leaving my baby at nursery each time and also um, just to the pace again of of my work I, I love what I do but when you've um, been off and you've been breastfeeding and and you've been kind of in a different mindset and focused on you know looking after this little thing in your life and then suddenly coming back to quite a rigorous environment it does take a bit of an adjustment but sometimes I think that you know, when you do that and you do return, you kind of feel like, no, I want to, I can do this. I just want to be on top form. And I just want to, like, it's ready. And in a way, I mean, both times I was ready to go back and I wanted to be the person that I was before, but it takes time to get back to that person. And I, you know, and you can get frustrated and feel, why am I not, you know. On my A game straight away. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. But, yeah. you know, of course you've got this distraction in your head of, these other people in your life um, mm. so that definitely for me um, each time has been a challenge but you know looking back now I'm so glad that I did go back yeah. um, and I did and I took the full year both times with yeah. my kids. Did you ever get um, like bored but being such a kind of high flyer did you ever find moments where you, you missed your work? No I didn't I mean I did um, I, you know I, I, I still in um, was keeping up like it, 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 at both times while I was on maternity leave I did like a couple of events and things for Marie Claire while I was off so I'd just go and speak at something or keep my arm in and um keep my hand in sorry and um you know I was always reading papers and you know I, I'm a bit of a news junkie so I don't switch off from that um but I both times I quite enjoyed just spending that time um with with the children and also you know the second time round you know, we launched a bar. So that was quite a big um, yeah. project. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps you busy. Um, to keep us busy. Yeah. yeah to keep me busy. So, so like what advice would you give to any other young mothers out there who want to balance their career with having kids? Like, would it be to say that, you know, having it all isn't actually a reality. You've got to, you've got to make compromises and take pressure off. I just yourself. think, you know, my generation, I was, I was raised to feel that, you know, you can have this massive big career and you can have the kids and there's no, you know, you can just do it and you're like this superwoman. And I, I think that's been really damaging for women. I, you know, I was never ever brought up to think that, you know, that, that, that there is an impact and, you know, and I think until with yourself um, and not trying to live up to other people's expectations you know I mean it from the outside you know people's careers and their motherhood journeys look you know seamless but you know I haven't met any mother who's you know has a, a high impact career or a, you know a very um, you know a, who is very driven in her career who doesn't have stories of feeling really broken at times. In fact, you know, we, we at Marie Claire, we have a franchise called Marie Claire at Work, and we used to do these live events with incredibly successful women come and do talks. And 
very often just before they went on stage we'd be all in the green room and they'd be like oh my god this morning was such a nightmare you know my baby was sick on the dress that I was about to get, get come here and I had to change and then I was really stressed and you know like I just thought what am I doing with my life why why am I doing and it, there were so many of those conversations and this week's been really difficult you know my baby was sick and my 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 boss wasn't very understanding and and you know there is so much of that behind the scenes and I think yeah it's just about people who are on that journey trying to balance both just realizing that you can't be a hundred percent you know all the time with with both things and yeah be gentle with yourself yeah no that's super important and as well like with fitness I think so many people rush back to the gym afterwards like wanting to get their body back too quickly and then you know they go on to suffer like pelvic floor issues or whatnot so that's also incredibly important um Mm. and you you cover quite a lot of like fitness content at Mary Claire don't you but like yeah we do I mean I'm I've always been really um into exercise so this is something in my when, when in my family when I was growing up like my dad was an ex-athlete and he was very fit and he coached me as a runner when I was younger so I was I grew up always always having exercise as an essential part of every day life it was just a no-brainer for me I wouldn't go through the day without exercising and if I felt stressed anxious couldn't sleep you know anything go for a run you know that's going to sort you out that was just always my my kind of go-to um solution um so you know I'm, it's really brilliant to see um how um big the revolution has been you know in terms of social media towards well-being and um moving towards well-being and fitness and i think it's great um but again yeah you know i do think women put a lot of pressure on themselves and you know it, I think there's even now in this, it, you know, when you've had children as well, you know, there is this increased pressure, you know, you've got to, you've got to be like ballsing at work. You've got to be like, you know, like up there, you know, doing it, you know, and being the perfect mother. And you've got to have like a six pack within a few weeks of having your baby. And, you know, I think it's, it's, it's very tough. I had um, c-sections for both of my kids because my first one was breach and you know I had to and the second time you know they offer you that you've had it the first time and um as a key runner it was really hard for me not yeah. running I was gonna um, ask you that during pregnancy yeah. yeah I mean it was giving up coffee and running was yeah the thing, you know? <laughs> I, I totally sympathize because I'm I'm a runner too and like I loved yeah. Barry's boot camp as, as well as my class mm-hmm. and which is heavily running based and I I really struggled yeah not not being able to because you just can't your, your body's not really geared for it in the same way is it yeah. like both during pregnancy and post it's like it's almost yeah. like your body tells you it's not it's not the right thing exactly I mean yeah. I just didn't even as soon as I was pregnant both times like it just didn't even work for me like I'd, mm. I, I, I'd go out try, and my whole body just I just so I just stopped and I took up walking I used to just walk everywhere walk into the office walk you know my office was on the, on the, on the south bank at the time so I'd walk from my house in Kentish town to work uh, I just walked everywhere and I found that it gave me the same buzz if I had the right music on and then once um each time both my babies were born, you know, within a few weeks, I'd be out walking on the heath. Luckily, I'm really, really lucky to live um, right next to the heath. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I waited a good year after each one before I went running again, just until I felt that, you know, my scar was, you know, back to normal, you know, healed and 
recognise myself again. But God, it was good to go running again. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> no, I, I totally feel the same way. So um, thinking about like virtual workouts versus studio ones, have you found that you've become a convert of, of virtual workouts at home since, during lockdown or do you kind of miss going to the gym? Yeah, so I'm again, I, I, I do love the gym. So I, I run, but I love classes. So I love, like, I, I've always worked out sort of three, four times a week at the gym um, in, and always attended that, like, hit classes and that kind of thing. And I really miss that whole camaraderie of it. You know, I had a whole group of girls that I used to see on the way in and we'd all catch up and, like, you know, each, each, each class would be like, how's, what, how's, how's your mum and what's happening with your kids and how's your husband? And there'd always be a saga. And we'd, it was that this nice confidential place where we'd all talk about stuff and then go away for a week and then there'd be another update you know on on last week's thing and I really do miss that but I have um taken up Joe Wicks which I never ever thought that I would be into not not him it's more like I just never thought I'd get into virtual workouts but the first week of lockdown my schedule was so crazy I couldn't always do my morning run that I that I would like to have done so um, I just thought right 25 minutes do a Joe Wicks and actually I've really enjoyed it and what I've found is that because the Joe Wicks workouts are so short um, there's just never an excuse not to do it so even if I'm really really round I can still fit in a 25 minute workout at any point in the day um, even if it's just running in the garden and quickly doing it at lunchtime and I cannot believe the strength that I've achieved in lockdown as a result of that. I, what I, if it was up to me, I would just run all the time because that's what I enjoy most. But running does tend to make me feel a bit, um, you can feel a bit lean and a bit um, weak when you overdo it with the running. And what I found with doing the Joe Wick stuff is that I've really built significantly uh, my upper body strength and just my overall strength. I go to pick the kids up now and it just feels so different. I feel a lot stronger, which is really exciting. That's cool. Have they been doing the Joe Wicks PE classes as well? Uh, I've tried to get them on board. <laughs> they do it for five or 10 minutes and then and they just, like, yeah, then they just go off and play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I'm really impressed with people that can make their kids do the same half yeah. an hour because yeah, I mean, yeah, I think my kids are a bit like, well, I don't really understand. It hurts. So what's the yeah. point? I'll exactly. go, and, go and play football instead. Yeah. And I, I suppose that's fair enough. It's exercise and it's Exactly. Fun. They're already doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So thinking about like self-care, have you ever like suffered anxiety or any problems with your sleeping? And if so, like how have you coped with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm quite lucky not to have ever suffered um, anxiety um, on a daily basis um in, in the daytime and but one of the things I've always had an issue with is sleeping I'm a really light sleeper um and um I have had periods in my life like when I was at university that I suffered from really bad insomnia um and that has resurfaced at times in my life when I've been in very stressful jobs as well and um most recently the times that I've had it um, what I've discovered really works for me is taking magnesium and potassium and zinc supplements. There's just been like a marked kind of improvement for me so that even if I am waking up in the night, I don't feel that churn, stomach churning, got to do this, got to do that. But I just feel I'm awake, but I feel calm. 
and I take this supplement Unplug it's called and it's a mix of um, it's all natural um, stuff but yeah it's very high dose of magnesium and it seems to just stop that restlessness that I feel um, sometimes mid not in the middle of the night when I think about everything that I need to do and feel totally overwhelmed so um, yeah that really works for me um, also um, exercising in the day so that I'm physically tired as well seems to do the trick I have had a few days in lockdown where I've reached the end of the day and not managed to get exercise in and I just you know switch, between switching off from my computer and sitting down with the family for dinner just go out for a run and seems to seems to just um, everything that seems so intense in my mind within 10 minutes of running in the forest I just think oh really that's not that bad is it all I need to do is this this and this and it's just incredible clarity that exercise brings yeah do you think yeah. it's also being in nature that does that to you as well there's something very grounding about being with the trees I think that's why for me running is is the number one um, exercise for me because um, you know I, I love I love that feeling of like hitting the burn and doing a hit workout but you're still in your front room and there's still toys everywhere and still kids in the background and just getting out and physically being amongst nature on your own is so it's, it's such a great feeling isn't it it's so good for your for your sense of well-being and your mental health yeah would you say that's when you're at your happiest when you're like on Hampstead Heath like in running oh or... definitely yeah I'm my happiest uh, either when I'm out running on my own in on the heath and in the forest or with my children climbing trees um in the forest I've done a lot of tree climbing since we've been in lockdown um there have been some days where I had a couple of injuries early on in lockdown couldn't do that much running and um at the end of the day we'd walk to Hampstead Heath and then just climb trees for an hour and it's just incredible um sense of what's well, a mind it's mindfulness in a way because when you're climbing you can't think of anything else and you can't watch your phone and you're just focusing and doing that with my kids and really watching them come on in terms of you know their climbing ability has been so rewarding and it's just a lovely thing that we can do together that's exercise but also you know um we're, we're discovering nature and looking at different birds and, and and plants it's a brilliant antidote to that closed feeling that that, that, that we're all experiencing um, mm. within lockdown. Yeah. Do you think, given that millennials are so obsessed with fitness and like they're all having kids now, do you think inevitably there's going to be a huge boom in like kids yoga, kids fitness as a result? Well, that would be great though if that happened. Yeah. I think that would be fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm such a big advocate of um, getting kids into exercise early um, because it's just you know those habits stick and that, that's what my parents did with, with, with me and I you know it, almost every time I'm out for a run I think back and I, I think thank god my parents got me into running early on because it's just a gift that you give somebody through the for the rest of their life I've got a lot of admiration for Joe Wicks um, starting some of those movements with, with in, you know in schools and and um, you know and, and, and the fitness classes in the morning I, I really hope to see that being, you know, a wider movement um, in, in the months and years to come. 
Yeah. Yeah, because I don't know about you, but like all the cross-country training I did when I was younger, like kind of seven, eight, nine, like they kind of have prepared me for like situations now in real life, you know, when I'm doing something scary or because it's all that yeah. adrenaline, you know, competing in those sorts of events. Yeah. And it's it's about building focus, you know, before a race, when you feel that angst that you, you can actually draw on it and harness it and and instead of seeing it as nerves see it as excitement and I often pull on those skills too just before I'm about to go on stage or to do a talk or to go into a big meeting you know and I do some of the breathing techniques that I was taught you know when I was running um and obviously it's really good for discipline as well (laughs) you know so um you know, just having a, an, an, a routine that, that involves um, exercise, it, it helps you, you know, with your overall discipline, I think, in every yeah. area of your life. Especially with food, I find that like my eating will go to hell if I'm not doing enough fitness because I don't have that discipline instilled. So like... I think it's funny, isn't it? You'd think that when you're not exercising, you'd eat less. When I'm not exercising, my food's a bit more, I don't know, I just don't really think as much about what I'm putting it into my body. Whereas when I'm exercising, I'm just much more focused on what my body needs to refuel um, and eating, you know, good balanced meals. Yeah, that's so good. So like, so what advice would you give to your younger self, you know, if you could go back in time? Uh, don't worry so much about what people think. Yeah, <laughs> that is such a good one. I think the 20s period is all about worrying isn't it like you just start I think by the time you get to your 30s you just stop caring so much what people think and you're just kind of more secure in your own skin yeah I think god the amount of mental energy we all spend worrying about what other people think and you know the reality is other people don't think that much about other people they think mostly about themselves so if you want to do something you should just get out there and do it and not worry about what people think um yeah that's what I'd probably say to my younger self yeah and do you think that being becoming a mother as well do you think that's changed like has it given you more confidence or um I think what being a mother has done for me is to make me more focused on what um I need to do each day so I used to spend god I I look back about what I used to do um before I had kids all of that time oh my goodness yeah Yeah, all of that time that I had and now that the the lack of time means that I look at my days and I structure them and I when I'm in something I am in it I'm intensely focused on that activity then I move on to something else and I'm in that and then when I'm with the kids in the evening I'm not on my phone I'm reading them stories I'm jumping around and dancing with them we do dancing hour in the evening and we're dancing around with them and I'm focused in that but in order to be focused on that I have to have done the things that I need to do and you know I think with with the, with the way that lockdown is and um and our working lives are now um you know people are working different hours and I could be on my phone 24 hours a day because people are checking in at different times that suit around that work around them and I've had to be just really really strict with my boundaries um, after a certain time at night I've got to have that time to spend with the kids and you know on my own self-care which is basically getting to sleep on time um, because I do get whatsapp messages and emails around work activity at 10 and 11 o'clock at night and you know it's just like 
you just you can't always be on can you no exactly you'll just deplete all your energy and I think when you're younger you burn out don't you because you think you've got to do everything all at once and and you almost don't do as good a job as you could do because you stretch yourself across so many yeah, things whereas yeah. like you said you learn to just prioritize the things that matter like I used to be really militant with filing my emails and getting everything in order whereas now it's just like <laughs> there's no chance in hell that could ever ever happen I just kind of look at the ones that need urgent attention and then you know go from there. that's so funny I that's know. exactly what happened to me <laughs> really? but that's been in that's been in the last year like I used to I used to be so focused with my email like every day I'd have a clean inbox yeah and <laughs> I like just that. really pride myself on and everything yeah. would be folded away and different things and now the influx is so great yeah. that if I spent all day filing my emails, I actually wouldn't have time for anything else. Yeah. I just have to focus on the ones that are the priority yeah. and just deal with those things and actually deal with my own OCD of having stuff in my inbox all yeah the time. I know I, I almost like laughed at myself when I just made that connection I was like god what were you doing before it's like yeah. so much time that's got into yeah. filing but you know things change but if you had it I guess you know yeah. you would do yeah yeah and how's it been like with with your team at Mary Claire have you guys all stayed in touch do you do like virtual drinks together once a week we or? do so um I do a management call every day um first thing in the morning um, and then we check in with the wider team um, once or twice a week. Um, and we do lunch and learns on a Wednesday where we all learn new skills. So quite, and that's a kind of gathering of the whole team, which is nice. And then maybe once every four weeks, I do a Friday drinks with the management team um, on Marie Claire as well, um, just to kind of relax and unload and, you know, catch up on you know the stresses and strains and the the big wins from the last few weeks so yeah I mean it's been a learning curve along the way you know like at the beginning I was like oh yeah we'll need to do daily calls but not everybody wants that and some people you know are at their parents houses during lockdown um, and people in different circumstances and not everyone wants to be on a zoom call in their parents front room or whatever you know it's not it's a bit invasive and some people work over email better some people do want a call and in that case my phone is always there then people can call me um yeah so it's about keeping the communication going and also just reassuring people because this is a really uncertain time and we don't know how this is going to pan out we don't know what the future of work is going to be um and what the economic impacts of covid are going to be on all of us so you know, it's, it's about uh, just reassuring everybody as much as we can, really. Yeah, awesome. Well, Andrew, it's been such a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for coming on the Dose podcast. Oh, and, uh, thank I you hope for having to, me. I hope to have a little drink at Ladies and Gents when everything's back in action, hopefully, this Very year. Much <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. What have you got on for the rest of the day? Is it a, a jam-packed schedule? We have our annual beauty awards coming up in a couple of weeks. So I'm doing a rehearsal straight after this. Um, which is quite exciting um, and we're doing a, our first a, a, a other sort of big virtual event a tech event um, next week um, and I'm going to be preparing my panel discussion that I'm chairing 
for that this afternoon. So that's that's my day. Fantastic. Cool. I'm loving all these virtual panel events. It's great. It's so good. I've seen a couple where like kids do creep in on the call. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that bad, but... oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ban everyone from the house. Yeah. <laughs> We've got one next week and it starts at six, which is like start of bath time and my husband's not great doing it on his own. Like she'll just cry. So oh my I have goodness. to navigate that one somehow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you might need to come and do it at the bar. Yeah, I think I might have to. If you have any questions about today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com.